So, this morning, we're going to take some time, we're going to talk about the measure of faith, or we're going to talk about what is the measure of your faith. And I believe God wants you to have great faith. I want you to, he, believe, he wants you to believe that you already have great faith. Could you say amen? amen. So, that is our de- declaration. The measure of faith. Faith breaks chains. Faith brings God's Word into activity in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And let me just encourage you, if you haven't been through our growth tracks yet, then we're starting next Sunday. We have a brand new session of growth tracks. We do it during the 1030 service, and we do it on Tuesday night. So uh, just uh, the same class in both places, but we encourage you get plugged in because God wants to use you in a mighty way. And so we're encouraging you, and there's great tools and resources in there. So sign up, go through Growth Track, and let's do some great things for God together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and verse 3 says, For I say to you through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Somebody say the measure. Now, I want you to think about that. I, I like the way the King James translates that because some other translation says a measure. And if it is a measure, then it means that Terry could have got a bigger measure. His a measure might be bigger than my measure. But God only has the measure. He only has one measurement for faith, and that is the same measure for every person. Are you listening to me? Everybody gets the same measure of faith. Now, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 8. And I want to read an account with you. And while you're turning there, I'm going to begin to read. And it's verse 1. It says, When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. And, uh, excuse me, I I didn't want to start there in verse 1. I want to start in verse 5. My bad. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak what? A word, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Somebody say, he marveled. He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Now say, great faith. I have not found such great faith, not even in all Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I thank you this morning and in these next few moments, Lord, that you make each and every one of us aware, fresh and anew, how great the faith is that you have measured to us. That as we believe your word, hear your word, and begin to speak and declare with boldness and confidence your word through our lives, Father, we can expect to see your word produce everything that it contains in Jesus' name. And somebody said... 
Amen. Now let me just ask you this. Why would God give us His Word if He didn't expect for us to receive what it contains? Why would God talk about what, what it means to have new life in Christ? In fact, I, I'm, I'm going to put it out on our sign and leave it out there for a while. I, at the front row, it just says, this is where new life begins. The church is supposed to be a place where new life begins. And new life means that we're living the life that God has declared to us. Amen. The life that declares that He answers our prayers, that when we're in need, we have a helper. Amen. That God saves people that we love. That God heals our body. That God provides employment. Could you say amen? That He's on your side. That He is your God and we are His people. So think about it. The question is, is faith measurable? Jesus declared that the centurion had great faith, which means that it is measurable. He said, look at that. That is great faith. It's not just puny faith. It's not just kind of, you know, haphazard faith. This guy has great faith. Look at it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, or, or look back at this, the faith of a mustard seed. Think about that. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, as small as a mustard seed, it would affect the way you talk. If you realize you had faith the size of a mustard seed, just that small, just that tiny, it would affect the way you talk. You would say to things and you would speak to things and they would obey what you say. How many know that takes faith just to believe that? Because most of the time, and this morning, I'm really going to attack the way we talk. Because I believe God wants us to have miracles, but I believe miracles are connected to what's coming out of our mouth. I believe our words are canceling the Word of God. There, there is that. You, you can't have, James said, you can't have both things. You can't be double-minded and respect to receive from God. Blessing and cursing, fresh water and bad water can't, aren't supposed to come out of the same fountain. Are you with me? So we have to purpose. We have to be intentional. As we began this year, we talked about intentional transformation. And it's going to take that deliberate action where, wait a minute, I'm going to become intentional about stirring up my faith. When Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, there's a gift on the inside of you by the laying on of my hand. Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, activate your faith and let that gift and cause that deposit of God that's on the inside of you, cause it to manifest forth out of your life but you're going to have to activate your faith you you have faith you have the faith of your mother and your grandmother so stir up your faith and activate the deposit of God through your life could you say amen this morning that's what God wants for our life and so when Jesus heard it he marveled and said those to those who followed assuredly I say to you I have not found such great faith no not even in Israel now when Jesus says I haven't found it how many know that declares he was looking for it Jesus was looking for faith he said man I'm amazed I've been preaching to everybody I've been preaching to now here's a Roman centurion here's a guy that he's not even been preaching to Here's an outsider getting it. And sometimes I think we've been inside too long. An outsider come in and get it and get on fire. And that's usually what happens over the church with time. A young guy comes in, a, a, a newborn babe, bit birthed into the kingdom. All of a sudden has great faith. And pretty soon the old saints try to talk him out of it. We just, you just hang around long enough. You'll find that that don't work all the time. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. Think about it. When the centurion asked Jesus to heal his servant, Jesus responded and said, I will come to your house. 
The centurion said, that is not even needful. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled. Are you with me? I shared a little bit this Tuesday night and we're taking it even further this morning. So let me ask you this question. Do we believe his word is as powerful as his presence? Do you believe God's word is as powerful as his presence? See, I know a lot of people run all around to go to meetings all over the place because they hear the presence of God is there. Well, what's more powerful, his presence or his word? Why do I think if I'm in a place where, where it's pre- and, and that's good and we believe that, we want that here, we believe for that here, we experience that here, but no matter where you are, if you have His Word, you have His power. Amen. The Word of God is what produces the presence of God. And I can have His power and His presence anywhere I have His Word. Are you with me? Amen. And then if it, what happens, though, is if you get two or three people together believing crazy stuff like that, that you can have His power and His presence in manifestation of His Word, then great things begin to happen. Amen? When we begin to stir up that measure of faith that we have from God, the same measure that we all have, great things begin to happen. This man believed that God's word was equal to his presence. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, I will come to your house. He said, you don't need to come to my house. Your word is as powerful as you coming to my house. Are you getting that this morning? If that goes off on the inside of you, when you're reading your Bible, when when, when you're hearing the Word, when that Word is preached and you hear it and it ignites something on the inside of you, how many know that's as tangible as Jesus being right there with you? It's as real. His Word is His power. Jesus declared that that was great faith. So the question is, can we take God at His Word? When we hear it declared, do we consider it done? When you hear the word declare, listen to what the centurion said. If you'll say my servant's healed, that's it. He's healed. He says, your word will settle it. That's it. If anything goes off and out, where we hear the word of God, wait a minute, God said said it, I believe it. There used to be that bumper sticker, I, I said it Tuesday night, there was a bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Your belief has nothing to do with the word of God being settled or not. You don't validate God's Word. You believe God's Word and receive God's Word. Your belief doesn't make it true. It just makes it manifest in your life. It was true whether you believed it or not. Can I get amen? See, we think somehow... I can't get way off in (laughs) Number The next one. Do we require proof other than His Word? This is a question. Do you require proof other than His Word? Does God need to show you something other than giving you His Word? Think about that. What else can he give? What else can he give? If somebody says to you, hey, will you help me? And you say, yes, I will. You gave them your word. What else do they need? You need to give them 50 bucks? Here's 50 bucks to prove that I'll show up. What a, you, you get, <laughs> are you with me? See, what, if you give your word, your word is supposed to be your bond. Amen? It's supposed to be your commitment. You and your word are you one. God and his word are one. So what higher confirmation can you give other than your word? Think about it. 
Take God at His word. Think about this. Require nothing else. I went dead. Now I'm back. This is my son who was dead and is alive again. Amen. All right. So what do we need to do? Take God at His word and require nothing else. Take God at His word and require nothing else. Be firmly fixed in faith and confident that what He has declared will surely come to pass and your faith will grow with measurable results. Think about it. Say this, I can have great faith. Come on, say it again. I can have great faith. Say it again. I can have great faith. Now say it like this. I have great faith. See, something happens when you begin to say the right things. People go around. I, just, I hear people say, I just don't have enough faith. Well, why would you talk yourself out of your answer? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. When I say I don't have enough faith, I'm telling myself I don't have enough faith. I, I can't live. Are you doing all right? We don't think about it in opposite terms a lot of times, but we should. Look at this next thought. See, you have to move beyond the crossroads of faith and reason. You're going to have to move beyond the crossroads of faith and reason to keep faith growing in your life. In order to keep faith growing in your life, you're going to have to move beyond this crossroad right here. Because this is where everybody gets hung up. God says you can receive it by faith, and then we begin to reason ourselves out of how faith will work. Amen. Every time. They, they, they questioned Jesus about taxes. Jesus said, Peter, hey, Peter, go down and catch a fish and pay our taxes out of what's in the fish's mouth. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Go down and catch a fish, and when you catch a fish, his mouth is going to be open. There's going to be our tax money is going to be in his mouth. Are you kidding me? Are you doing all right? And so a reasonable person would have said, "Well, that don't make any sense, the Lord. I'm not going to go fish. Fish don't carry carry money in their mouth. That's ridiculous. That's beyond reason. Faith will always take you out beyond reason. Problem is, is we get comfortable in our reason. We've reasoned ourselves right into unbelief." We're doing all right. So think about it. Paul said it like this. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows. What? Because your faith grows exceedingly. Look at this. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. The word exceedingly means they're above the ordinary. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, hey guys, your faith is growing beyond the ordinary. You guys are above ordinary believer. You're, you're, you're believing God for crazy stuff. You're actually believing God will do what he said he would do to you. You're believing God that you can put a request on a wall and pray and he will answer it. Are you with me? You're believing that God answers prayer and will do His Word through your life. See, strong faith comes from knowing what God has spoken. The moment you know what God has said, boldness will be evident. I found that over the years of my life. As soon as I feel like I've received, thus saith the Lord, like God has confirmed what He wants to do in my life, then that's it, it's done. It's settled. Are you with me?
I, I just settle it right there. So think about it. Hebrews tells us this. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may what? So that we may what? Boldly say. Wow. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. So what, is your, what kind of speech are you supposed to have? Bold speech, so that I might boldly say, there is nothing wrong with having a bold declaration of your faith. When somebody asks you, what are you believing for? i tell you what I believe for. I already put it on, on, on the, the, the goals for this year. I'm believing that within five years, this whole building's paid off. How many want to agree with me? I'm believing that. I'm believing we're going to we do that. We don't have the resources to do what we want to do, but we can have it by faith. We can call that thing into existence. Tell me know what I'm talking about. And God says, because I believe this, God wants to do great things. And when you start agreeing with God, God causes the provision of heaven to flow through your life. Amen. It gets exciting when you start talking with bold faith. I like that. So that we can boldly say, well, are you being arrogant? No, I'm just being scriptural. Amen. I like it like this. I like what I heard Charles Neiman say one time. He was getting ready to teach on marriage. He says, I'm going to teach you some things that may not be politically correct, but I guarantee they'll be biblically accurate. Amen. We're so concerned about being, not offending everybody, about being correct about everything. Man, there was an interview the other day on, on, on Tucker Carlson. They want to take the word man out of everything. So Manchester, New England is going to have to be renamed to something else. They, they just want everybody to be a person. Amen. So I made a joke. I said, maybe we ought to change our, our we ought to name our gender like belly buttons and nobody would be confused. You're either an Addy or an any. That's just the way it's going to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. So watch this. Ben Franklin said it like this. The way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. Hallelujah. I'm going to switch this other mic. This one keep popping for some. There we go. Hallelujah. So look what Ben said. The way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. The moment you move over, uh, people, when we first started ministering on faith back in the 80s, people say, you know, I know that faith stuff, but you have to remember reality. No, faith changes reality. Faith is a chain game changer. Could you say amen? See, boldness comes from knowing what God has said. Paul tells us in Romans 10, 6, but the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks on this wise. Come on, righteousness and faith has a voice. Can you say amen? It's so important that we understand that. Think about it. Faith always speaks. Fear always speaks. Doubt always speaks. If your faith is not speaking, then your fears and your doubts are speaking. Are you hearing me this morning? If your faith is not speaking, then your fears and your doubts are speaking. Look at this next statement. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. When I tolerate fear in my life, I'm contaminating my faith. I used to illustrate it like this. See, this is a bottle of water, and I took a little drink of it. Some of you would trust me enough that, that you might drink after me. But if you saw me backwashing and spitting in here, how many know you wouldn't want to drink after me? 
And I used to illustrate like this. How much spit would I have to put in here before you wouldn't drink it? You say, that's disgusting. Well, why? Because your spit contaminates, it changes the character of the water. Well, how much fear does it take to change the character of your faith? Are you with me? Everybody today washing their hands based on germs. We're we're afraid of germs. Microscopic organisms. We have more faith to get sick than we do to live healed. We're afraid to shake hands with somebody because they might have some disease. The Bible says you lay hands on the sick and they recover. John G. Lake said it like this. They said, you can't go to Africa. There's bubonic plague there. John G. Lake said, I'll tell you what you do. You take some of my blood and you put it on a test tube, uh, 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 microscopic slide, and you take some blood that has the plague, and, and, and you put our two, those two bloods together and look at it under a microscope, and the blood of John G. Lake attacked the sickness that was in that. It was amazing. They watched it under a microscope, and, and his blood killed the disease. He says the greater one lives on the inside. Are you listening to me? It's time for the church and the body of Christ. I believe God wants miracles in His house. I believe it should be just here, just like it was when you read in the Gospels, when they heard that Jesus was in the house. I want to tell you today, you're a carrier of the Son of God. You're supposed to be infected with the Son of God. You're supposed to be contagious with the life of God, not with sickness and disease, but we're supposed to be a people contagious with the Holy goes think about it this morning so faith always speaks fear always speaks doubt always speaks and if your faith is not speaking your fears and your doubts are speaking my God get a little pocket recorder put your phone on record and just stick it in your shirt pocket or put it somewhere ladies get a blouse that has a shirt pocket glory to God amen hallelujah I can't say that right now. Amen. So watch it. You can tell whether you're strong or weak in faith by the words that proceed out of your mouth. Put it like that. I'll give you a faith test. You want a, you want a faith checkup? Listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Speak life. Are you listening to me? Speak life. We can never we we can measure our faith by the words. We speak. You can measure your faith by the words you speak. Think about that. You can measure your faith by the words you speak. Acts 4.31 says this, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many know you're filled with the Holy Spirit? So it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what happened. And continued to speak the Word of God, being intimidated by the threats that were around them. And they continued to speak the Word of God with what? With what? With both. So, so not just in preaching the Word of God, but declaring the Word of God over your life. Believe in God when you pray. Come on, pray with some boldness. Pray with faith and confidence that God will do exactly what He said He would do. Can you say amen this morning? So again, how do I know when I'm strong in faith? Well, the evidence of strong faith is that it 
always believes and speaks the word irrespective of the circumstance. How many know every circumstance has a voice? How many know a, a physical symptom in your body has a voice? How many know pain has a voice? And so when it comes to believing God and receiving answers, you have to speak something louder than the voice of the circumstance. There has to be a louder voice than that circumstance. Are you listening to me? Amen. Think about it. The centurion was believing Jesus for his servant to be healed from his infirmity, and it gives us a great revelation. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. So what's the answer? Look at this. Just speak life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.2. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say that with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means your tongue, my tongue. Death and life are in our mouth. And so we are called to be a people who speak life. Speak life. Speak health. Speak victory. Speak breakthrough. Speak faith. Speak with courage. Can you say amen? Amen. So when Jesus was heading to the house, think about how many remember when J. Iris came to Jesus in Mark chapter 5, says, My daughter's dying. If you'll come to the house and lay hands on her, she will live. You remember that? When Jesus was heading to the house of Jairus, who was believing, think about this, that Jesus' hands on his daughter would bring the deliverance. One came from Jairus' house and told him that his daughter was dead. This report was not a guess or hearsay, but it was from one who brought the bad news, from the one who brought the bad report. He was there at the house and witnessed the death of his daughter. So Jesus said, I will come on the way going. The woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. She's getting a healing in the middle of Jairus' need. Amen. Because she said, because she said, because she said, if I can touch him, I will be made whole. And when she touched him, she was made whole. So she got what she... She got what she said. She didn't say, if I can touch him, I hope I receive something. Are you with me? She didn't say, I hope I get healed. I, I, I hope. I, I, I'm... I'm she said, if I touch him, I will be made whole. If I touch him, I will be made whole. And so her faith was connected to a touch. And, and the literal translation says, she said and kept saying. She said and kept saying, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. Pressing through the crowd, putting her life at risk. In fact, I was just reading in Leviticus this morning about a woman in, 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 in the flow of blood in her life and that she is unclean and anybody else that touches her or comes in contact with her, brushes up against her, is unclean. And she is making everybody in the crowd ceremonially unclean and literally could be stoned and put to death. But her faith has pushed her out, and, and, and she's moved out into the realm of risk. 
and putting everything on the line to believe God by. Are you with me this morning? And she's saying at the same time, if I can touch him, the thing that kept moving her forward, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And she gets her healing. And then Jesus says, woman, your faith has made you well. And that's why God gave you the measure of faith as we read in Romans 3, so that his, your faith, the measure of faith that he gives you, will cause his word to be activated and be performed in your life. Could you give God a praise this morning? Come on, God's given you what you need to receive from him. Think about it. So we need to speak lie. So Jesus hears this. And what did Jesus do? Immediately, he took, G, he took Jairus and said to him, Don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Only believe. So what does that mean? Look at your outline. Don't be afraid by the factual word spoken by the witness from your house. This guy was there. He saw his daughter die. And he's not bringing an evil report. He's just telling the truth. Your daughter's dead. But Jesus said, remember what I said about the voice of the circumstances? Jesus said, keep believing. Keep believing. And he takes him back to that point. Only believe the words you said when you said, come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will be healed. Jesus said, believe what you said. You said, if I would lay my hands on your daughter, she would be healed. I haven't changed anything. Stay with the word of God. Could you say amen this morning? I found this little meme. I thought it was good. Look at it. Don't quit. You're already in pain. You're already hurt. Get a reward from it. That's awesome right there. That's a whole message right there. Come on. You're in a trial. You're up against opposition. Come on. You're already in pain. It already hurt. Let's turn this thing around and turn it into a victory and get a reward out of it. How are you going to do that? You're going to declare it, and it's going to come to pass. Job said it like this. You shall decide a thing, and you shall decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. Are you doing all right? Well, that sounds like I'm taking things into my own hands. You are. God gave you. He made you the authority in the earth. We're talking about the authority of the believer. The moment you get born again, you become a child of God. Amen. You become a child of God. Aren't you glad God doesn't call us the adults of God? Amen. How many of your children have a problem asking you for what they want? I want, I want, I want. That's their favorite verse. Right after no, they learn I want. Amen? Amen. You ask any kid with that, you ask kid, was there anything you want? And they'll, they'll give you a laundry list of stuff they want. And you as a parent or as a grandparent, you'll do whatever you can to give your children the things they want. To prove and, and affirm them and show your love to them, you desire to give them the things they want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Amen. And so God blesses His people, but He says that you are His children. So as a child of God, how much more will your heavenly Father give the thing that you want? Come on, we're not asking for stupid stuff. I want to be healed. 
I want to be healed. I want to be delivered. I want to be able to live at a level where I can bless and I can give. I don't want to live at a level where I can't make ends meet. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my rent this month. Well, I don't know if they're going to turn off my PG. I want to be at a level where I can give and help somebody else with their needs in life. That's what I want. Amen? And God says that He'll make you a blessing. And so you begin to believe that and begin to agree with God and declare it. Come on. Get a reward for what you're going through. Are you doing all right? Amen. So what do we do? Faith always speaks the Word of God, but that does not come automatically. In order to do that successfully, here's what you need to understand. I'm getting ready to close. Watch this. For you, for your faith to be effective, it has to be in two locations. For faith to operate in your life and be effective, it has to be in two locations. Paul says it like this. But what does it say? Look at The word is nigh thee, even where? In thy mouth and where? In thy heart. That is the word of what? Not fear, doubt, and unbelief. That is the word of faith, which we, the word preach means proclaim. means to declare, proclaim, to declare, to make known. That if you shall what? Confess with what? Your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved for with the what? Heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made what? Unto salvation. The word salvation there in the Greek is the word sozo, which means every benefit bestowed by God on man through Christ. When you're saved, you shall be saved. That means you're a recipient of every benefit bestowed by God on man through Christ. So that accounts for your healing. That accounts for your provision. That accounts for every area and aspect of your life. Can you say amen? So watch this. So what do we do? Speak the word out loud. In fact, I was going to ask Ray and Jenny to bring their megaphone this morning, and I was going to preach through a megaphone. Amen. Preach and speak the word out loud. Quit allowing the devil to intimidate you. There's a reason these last couple of weeks we've our altar calls. I've had you come forth and begin to declare something because nothing will happen until you believe it. You believe it in your heart and it begins to come out of your mouth and that thing begins to manifest because God created you. The only thing He created on this earth that has that's made in His image that is able to speak word and your words are a creative force in your life. Can you say amen? And I I said it uh, uh, on a Facebook post that I put out. I don't care if people have done stupid things with the Word of God. I don't care if people have preached a prosperity message for the wrong reason. I don't care if people have preached faith for the wrong reason. I'm not going to throw away God's Word because of the way stupid people have handled it. I'm not going to give up the Word of God. I'm still going to believe. I'm sorry people have done crazy stuff with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not going to give up the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to give up the manifestation of the Spirit. I'm going to believe God for the real thing. Amen. God's able to defend Himself. He doesn't need me to give up His Word. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you doing okay? That's what I just said. I'm just getting a little more aggressive. Amen. I'm tired of the devil whooping up on people. He's supposed to be under our 
feet. Amen. We're supposed to be walking in authority. So, for the word to effectively, this is what got me stirred. I almost got the megaphone. For the word to effectively come out of your mouth, it has to be in your heart. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. If the word is not in your heart, it will not come out of your mouth. Your mouth reveals what is in your heart in abundance. That is an unchangeable fact. How do you change your life? Change what's in your heart, and it will change what comes. How important is the word of God to you? You have to get it in your heart. When Jesus said the sower sows the word, he was sowing the word where? Into our hearts. Can you say amen? So important. And then get this again. Speak the word out loud. See, faith speaks the word only as the worship team comes back. And in order for that to be a reality, then you need the word in your heart. For this reason, constant hearing and meditation of the word are highly important. Surrounding yourself with the word is important. Today, make it a point in your life to surround yourself with the word. Hear it so you can believe it and allow it into your heart. When it gets in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. Amen. We need to be a people. Years ago, a mentor, when I was going to Bible school, Brother Jess Higginbotham, this is what he wanted to do. He said, if I could do what I wanted to do, he said, I would buy a house with several bedrooms in it, a two-story house or whatever, and, and I would set that up. And I would bring young men into that house, and I would mentor them and cause them to memorize the Word of God so that when they went out, Every time they came across a situation, they would say, the word says, and they would quote the word. I would just get them full of one thing and one thing only, the word of God. So that every response to every situation would be, thus saith the Lord. Are you listening to me? Something will happen when the word of God gets into your heart. And so that the first time, whenever you come up against a situation, against opposition, what did Jesus say when the tempter came to him? Every time he says, it is written. It is written, it is written, and it is nice. I'm thankful today that we can have pocket Bibles with us. We used to carry around a pocket New Testament. But today you can carry around your Bible on your phone and, and, and your device and stuff, so you always have the Word with you. You can, you can even talk to Siri or voice commands, and they'll look stuff up in Scripture. You can look Scriptures up without even turning to anything. You can get a word. Give me a scripture for healing. Siri, find a scripture for this. Find, find, find something for that. I don't know if Androids do that or not, but I've never had an Android phone. But I'm sure you can give voice commands, ask things and stuff. Except for on Google. Google's kind of anti-Jesus. Amen. That's why they have a good name, Google. It doesn't sound like a very smart name. Anyway, worth a lot of money. That doesn't mean they're smart. Hallelujah. So what do we do? Come on. I like what this says. Look at this. Show God your faith, and he will show you his faithfulness. Amen. Show God your faith, and he will show you his faithfulness. This is the most important thing today, is this. It's not a matter anything else. The only thing that matters is where will you spend eternity. I want you to say this with me. Will you be with God or separate from him? Say this with me. God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. That if I would believe on him, 
I would not perish, but I would have everlasting life. His love for me has provided everything I need to be saved, healed, and delivered. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to say that every day. You need to say that every day. If you could take away a confession to begin your day with, then you would say that every day. God loved me. He gave His Son for me. And I believe on Him. Therefore, I am not going to perish. And I have everlasting life. And His love has provided for me everything I need to be saved, healed, and delivered. Amen? How many know that's just a good way to start every day? Come on, stand to your feet this morning. And this is what I'm doing this morning. I I ask God, and I'm believing God for miracles this morning. If you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, if you need God to show up in any way, when it was heard that Jesus was in the house, the people came and it said the Lord ministered to them and met their needs. Regardless of what it was, whether it was being demon-possessed, whether it was being afflicted with sickness and disease, whether it was short-term, long-term, no matter what it was, the power of God was present to heal. And I believe God is here to do the same thing today and so this morning if you have a need in your life and something that you want God to do God I want to be healed the the blind man said Bartimaeus said I want to see so if you have a want that you want God to meet today you move from where you are to this altar right now in Jesus name and we're going to pray as they sing in Jesus name